everyone. Uh, I'm Mackenzie, another episode of Woso Digital. I'm here with Rada from She Talks Ball. Great platform, everyone should go follow it. Social media, great YouTube videos. And today we're gonna to be discussing the Women's Champions League Finals, Chelsea and Barcelona. So before we jump into the topics, you're a Chelsea fan. Have you recovered or how are you feeling about it a few days later? Yeah, I think I was numb for a couple of days just because of the massacre that took place. But yeah, I've, I've spoken to enough people about it now and I have a little bit of closure. But uh, yeah, it was a painful one for sure. Yeah, I mean, just we can start about the shocking star. I mean, I think, what, the first 35 seconds, obviously there was the own goal. There wasn't really anything, you know, Melanie could do about that. But just like right off the bat, it was Martins just took the ball down and almost scored off the post. And then it was just chaos. But I just felt like Chelsea wasn't straight shocked after that. Is that kind of how you felt in that first like 10 minutes? Absolutely. I think the fans were in shock, but you could see that the players were in shock as well. And it's credit to Barcelona for the way they came out, the way they pressed us. And, you know, we talk about the own goal, but as you mentioned, Martins hit the post. So it was it was not a case of a, a lucky goal. It was a case of really intense pressure on us and us just crumbling under that pressure. But definitely those first 10 minutes, um, you know, it was just me screaming, like, what's happening? What is, it, is another goal? Wait, what? And yeah, it was just, it was quite uh, uncharacteristic uh, by Chelsea. But I think, you know, credit to Barcelona for the way they came out. Yeah, I mean, they definitely came out firing off, like right off the bat. Martins was just like, okay, this is how it's going to be. And then they just... They could have scored four goals probably in the first six minutes. They just had some ones that obviously didn't go in. But yeah, Chelsea was definitely shaken up for sure. And then I thought Chelsea had a few chances. Harder had like two or three that maybe usually she would put away. I mean, they weren't like easy chances, but that could have maybe turned the game back around. But yeah, the way they came out. So for you, what do you think went wrong for Chelsea? I mean, obviously Barcelona came out strong, but just kind of when you were watching what did you see where they, like, they didn't look like they normally do? Yeah, I think it's just uh, proof now more than ever that you cannot simulate the pressures that come with the Champions League final, right? Barcelona, yeah. the entire spine of that team has experienced it. And Chelsea, we said they're a big team with big mentalities. And I was backing them to really come up and, you know, embrace the occasion. But clearly, every... and then a penalty decision not going your way. I think that was just, we were always chasing the ball after that. We were always, any strategy that Emma Hayes had, we probably didn't even implement because we were still struggling to settle into the game as well. So I think, yeah, we really were on the back foot and um, we, we couldn't even, you know, apply ourselves like, like Chelsea usually does. And I think that really cost us. Yeah, no, I agree. I think even like G in the middle, who probably looked like she was, I don't want to say trying the hardest, but running around, even she was, losing the ball in places she doesn't usually lose the ball and so I think I agree with you like the experience of Barcelona obviously getting kind of the same beat down two years earlier by Lyon they came in knowing like this is how it has to be and like you said I mean Harder has obviously been in that was her third final unfortunate for her hopefully one day she'll win one but everyone else I mean they have the experience like international or winning trophies with the club but I mean that just doesn't replicate the Champions League final. And I think, you know, hopefully maybe they'll be better prepared if they get there again. But I think, like you said, it just experiences, experience is so important in big games. And you look at like international, I mean, obviously I'm biased because I'm from the US and, but we've played in so many finals that I think when we get there, there's almost no, I'm sure they are nervous, but they understand the occasion. And I think that's how Barcelona was. They understood the occasion. Whereas 
Chelsea, yeah, they just seemed everyone was just like shook after the first goal. And like you said, I'm sure Emma Hayes had a great game plan. I mean, she's obviously a fantastic coach. But then I think at that point, it just goes out the door and you kind of just have to defend. And that obviously didn't go very well either. Um, But for Barcelona, obviously a lot of their players came up for the, like through the academy. For you, what does that kind of show? Like for me, I think that's awesome and super important. And obviously they've been able to build those players up. So kind of how do you feel about teams focusing on growing like homegrown players through the academy to the uh, first team? It's fantastic. And I was telling somebody else earlier that the amount of girls pouring into their academy right now is going to be unprecedented. And that's really what you want to create. You want to create this atmosphere that girls are welcome in football, which has been a male-dominated space for a long time. And the way this team has, um, you know, risen up the ranks, and I saw so many pictures of these players from, uh, you know, being a kid, 10-year-old kid in the Barcelona kid, they're having this trophy, you know, with them a couple of um, decades later now. I think it's just, it's really good to see. And many times we forget to invest in grassroots because we do not see returns immediately, right? Grassroots don't really give you anything back. But this is a defining moment where Barcelona, everything they've invested in their grassroots has provided returns today. So those investments should just continue to just grow. And yeah, this team is only going to go from strength to strength if they continue that. Oh, yeah, I agree. And I think even kind of getting away from Barcelona and looking international too, like Spain is a dark, like in the World Cup, they showed like they can play. And I know obviously Barcelona has some internationals, but the majority of them are on that team. And I just think, yeah, they're going to obviously, they're going to come onto the international stage as well. But I think it also kind of showed, and this is nothing against Chelsea because their owners and investors obviously are pouring money if you can afford to sign the Sam Kerr or Pernell Harder, like the players that they're signing. But for me, I think it kind of shows you don't have to have, I guess, superstars in terms of what media and fans define superstars. Because you look at Barcelona and they have world-class players. They just don't get the attention besides a few, like obviously that like Martins and Hermosa, like that everyone knows. But I think it does show that you don't have to have these people that the media and fans always want to praise. If you just take players and grow them into these world-class players, you can still go and win trophies without the huge names. I don't know how you feel about that. But like I said, all credit to Chelsea owners as well, pouring money in so they can afford these big players. Yeah, I completely agree with you because now onwards, nobody's going to forget that playing 11 that Barcelona, you know, put out on the field. And I think you, I think there is a point here where English is probably the language which most countries understand. Like, let's say India, we're following global football. I can only understand English commentary, English um, newspaper articles, things like that, right? So I end up following the WSL much more. But I think with accessibility increasing, and hopefully, you know, next season, I'm going to start following the Spanish league as well. And obviously, I might not be able to understand it, but I'll, I'll know the players. I know what they're about. I know the team's history. And I think just making it accessible for people you'll really understand the players more, you'll understand their backstories and they you'll, you'll know them before, you know, they come out in that spotlight. So I think, yeah, Barcelona have been the dark horses. I think you mentioned the US Women's National Team, probably in the 2019 World Cup, that Spain game. Was oh, I was one nervous. Of the toughest. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably one of the toughest games that the States had to play in that entire World Cup. So definitely, you know, this Spain as a country in women's football is stamping their authority. It's a shame that they, they're not in the Olympics. I think they'd be great contenders there as well. But come 2023, they, they're going to be firing. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was so, like, we won off of two PKs. I was just like, what? I, yeah, that was nerve-wracking. But, yeah, I think, 
yeah, unfortunately, they're obviously not in the Olympics because of the way teams get chosen from Europe to go there. But yeah, I think they're not going to be playing around in the next World Cup. And like you said, just, yeah, people don't have the access to watch the Spanish League that much. I know, like, Barcelona does stream some games, which is nice. But it's just, yeah, not for everyone to be able to see, whereas, like, WSL's made it more available to people in WSL now. I, th- I mean, I can watch locally, but I think it's on Twitch for internationals. Yeah. So, yeah. like, more and more people can watch. And like you said, kind of the language barrier. But I'm like, I think people would still watch. I mean, I would still, even if I can't understand it, I'll still watch it. And like you said, to be able to kind of see the players grow. And I think that's how some people feel about the WSL is there's these players that maybe three years ago people didn't really know and now they know because they're able especially like in America like I was at the 2019 World Cup semifinals and finals and even I watch a lot and even I didn't know who some of the players were but now that I can watch the WSL even the internationals over there I'm like okay that's who like that is that is and that is so I think yeah definitely acts like being able to watch is really gonna grow and then I guess Barcelona's playing style. I mean, I mean it's Barcelona. It's the same. We watch their men's. It's the same way. But I think in the women, a lot of men's teams play like that. I think the women's game, it's rare, um, especially over here in America. That's not how they play. And I think some teams in the WSL, like Gotham, are trying to kind of implement that. Um, but I think it just shows. Well, for me, it shows like that style can work if you stick to it and you try it, but kind of how do you feel about their style of play? And I think obviously it exposed Chelsea in a lot of ways, their one-two passing, but yeah, kind of just how do you feel about that? I think that game was pure Barcelona and the fact that they could pull it off to the the perfect, you know, everything they they had in their plan worked. And I think it was so beautiful to watch, probably one of the most dangerous sides I've seen in a while. And I was actually almost envious of the third goal that they scored because it was so fluid. With one, two passing, they dissected our entire back line. And yeah, it was, unfortunately, the, the ball went into the back of my net. But it was one of the, probably the goal of the season, if I can if I can go that far to say that. I think Barcelona's tactics were spot on and they got the rub of the green. Immediately, you know, almost, the game was almost over before it began. Just the yeah. way they pressed, the wingers exploiting our inexperienced fullbacks was very, very, you know, heartbreaking to see, but very good to see from Barcelona. The fact that they've had this mission on their mind after having lost a couple of years ago, that we're going to come out, we're not going to leave anything behind, we're going to put everything out there. Uh, yeah, it, w- it was a great game, but a little bit painful as a Chelsea fan. Yeah, no, I agree. That third goal, like, even if you watch the whole play back from the throw-in, they do, like, the two or yeah. three passes, and then Martin's just, I mean, I feel bad for Charles, but she she is young and not she doesn't have that much experience, and Martins has done that to far more experienced players than her. So, I mean, it's just, yeah. she's one of the best in the world. That and That is what it is. But, I mean, yeah, just blowing down the line and then the sequence leading up to the goal. Yeah, just lay off, pass it through. I don't know how there was that big of a gap, but there was. And she read the play. And, obviously, I thought Carter was going to – at first I thought she stopped it. But, obviously, I think it just kind of took an unlucky – bounce off of her foot and then she was able to score but yeah just their style I just think yeah their style of play I think teams can learn from that in the women's game and realize like okay that can work if you actually work on it um but yeah I think they're gonna be a force for years to come and like you said the pressure that they were putting on Chelsea was just like Chelsea couldn't keep the ball and it wasn't just 
even on defense, I don't even know if Kirby and Kerr touched the ball more than 10 times that game. Kirby, maybe. Kerr, no. They shut her out. And I don't know if it's because Chelsea didn't have the ball a lot or even when they got it. I just felt like they all looked uncomfortable. I don't know if you felt that way. But even, like, Kirby didn't look like herself to me. I feel like usually she takes the ball and just, like, goes. That's what we've seen all season from her. So I think credit to Barcelona's offense, but also their defense when Chelsea did get opportunities. They just couldn't get anyone involved. I don't know if that's how you felt, but. I think I absolutely felt like that. I think I tweeted this out during the game that it felt like it was a game of FIFA on a PlayStation and the Chelsea controller was out of battery, right? Yeah. Because Chelsea, the players were not moving into spaces and our forwards were marked out of the equation. You know, our midfield was dissected in a way that we couldn't even provide to our forwards. And then, of course, there's nothing going to be happening there. And the few times that Kirby did get the ball, for the first time this season, I saw hesitation. I saw her, you know, not putting her head down and driving in, as you mentioned, but having to look up, maybe take a step back. And as soon as you hesitate for one second, you know, the defense is back in line and it becomes that much harder to create any chance. And of course, I think Harder had a couple of chances, which she should have put away given her quality. But again, I think the occasion was um, just that one that Barcelona embraced and Chelsea failed to. Yeah, and then in the second half, I mean, obviously they played better in the second half, but I think even if they would have played that way the entire game, they wouldn't have won. It just wasn't enough. And I don't, I mean, I would be curious to even know what their halftime talk, I would love to know what Emma Hayes said, because I don't even know what you say at that point. I'm sure they knew, like, I mean, it wouldn't have been impossible, but they probably knew at that point, like, we're not coming back from or nothing. I mean, they did stop the bleeding, but at the same time, I don't think Barcelona was full on going for the, like, five, six, seven, eight goals at that point. Cause I mean, I'm sure they know too, like at any point Kerr and Kirby can get hot and score. So at that point, I think they're probably just like, whatever we'll play defense. But what did you think about their second half performance? The second half was, yeah, definitely better than when you compare it to the first half. But again, it missed, it missed that Chelsea touch. And yeah, I, I'm, I'm actually not sure what Emma Hayes said at halftime. I think it was just a question of seeing this game out to, to the best of your ability. And as a Chelsea fan, I was sitting there I just wanted the full-time whistle to blow. I didn't want, you know, five, fifth goal, sixth goal, seventh goal. And I think when it was 3-0, it was maybe 25 minutes. And I was thinking, surely we have a good 65 minutes to come back from this. And then my brain just flipped and said, well, Barcelona have 65 minutes to score a couple more on us too. They yeah. were just that dominant. So and that, they that got that half, fourth goal. Yeah. That was killer. Yeah. And the fourth goal, yeah. the same thing, just down the line. I mean, yeah, I feel, yeah. yeah, I feel bad. I just feel bad for Charles, but I mean, I think she'll learn from it and grow from it. And it's not all on her either. Like no one played mm-hmm. well, but I just think Marins was like at her very best during that game. And if the defender's not at their very best, like I said, she could do that to any defender in the world if they're not at their best. She's just her foot skills and she's obviously very quick. But I think that fourth goal was definitely just. Like, that was it. And I think Barcelona probably knew at that point. And I think Chelsea probably knew at that point. But, yeah, I mean, there's a, I guess there's something to say about Chelsea's fight in the second half. Like, not just giving up, which is important. Obviously, they have a game tomorrow. And, yeah. right, yeah, tomorrow, FA Cup. Hopefully, you know, they'll bounce back. And I think they will. Everton might be – should maybe be a little bit 
nervous because I think Emma Hayes is going to have them fired up. And I think all the players are going to be fired up too to kind of come out and redeem themselves a little bit. So I wouldn't be surprised if they score four or five goals tomorrow. Um, But I know we kind of talked about it a little, but as a Chelsea fan, how do you feel about how much, I guess we're not, I mean, we're not there inside the club, but it does seem like the owners are trying to invest I don't know if I would say equally, but it kind of does seem like that in the women's. How do you kind of view that from a um, fan's perspective of Chelsea? Yeah, I mean, I think equally compared to the men is like a far way to go. I think for any club anywhere around the world, that that I think is a conversation we'll, we'll have in a couple of years time, hopefully. I think um, relative to the other teams and relative to Chelsea's competition in the women's side, the investment has been really good. And, you know, sure, we lost this final, but we made it to the final. And we've had, you know, success in both competitions in, in the English League. We're set on course for a third, you know, if we keep going the way we have been in the, in the English League. So I think um, we've had a very successful season. Obviously, the owner was there, um, you know, at the stadium in the final to watch the team. He was in the dressing room after and the players very clearly said, you know, we're going to be back here very soon. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a question of, of course, the player and the coach's mentality, but also the trust and the, the funding, the resources put in by the owner. And it seems... It's very comforting to see that that relationship is only getting stronger and there is no conflict there. You know, a lot of teams right now at this moment in WSL either are losing players or are losing managers and have big rifts when it comes to resources, funding put into the teams. As a Chelsea fan, I can sit very comfortably in a safe kind of environment and say that, you know, my team is secure. My team is fine. We're signing players. We're not losing any. Our coach is set to sign, uh, you know, a multi-year deal as well. And, And we've had a good successful run. Of course, that, that, that puts a target on our back as a Chelsea fan. You know, you always want to dethrone the person on top. But that's a good target on your back to have. That only drives standards higher. And of course, expectations within the squad will be higher as well. So it's good to see that the owner was there and very, very involved as well. No, yeah, I think it says a lot the fact that he flew like out there yeah. um, to be at the game. There's definitely, unfortunately, a lot of owners that want to do that in the women's game. Obviously, if your men's team is in the Champions League finals, you're going to be there. Um but yeah, I agree. I think obviously like Casey Stoney just left Man U and she basically, well, I mean, she didn't come out and say it, but obviously the rumors are that there just wasn't enough support, which is as a men's Man United fan is disappointing to hear. But yeah, just that the resources and everything like that weren't given. And there's been obviously other few, a few other teams throughout the WSL this year that have said the same things. Even when you look at Arsenal, I mean, I don't know. They don't really come out and talk about it, but like Joe Ward's leaving, obviously. Vanadonk's like, she could be leaving. That rumor has been coming out. People don't know what Viv's going to do, even though she has a year left on her contract. I just think, and maybe they just, I don't know, they think they need to go somewhere else to get more playing time or something. But I think if you're that big of a club, you shouldn't be losing those types of players. And granted, Vandedonk has been there for five years, but still for her to like reject a, well, I mean, that's rumored. I don't know. Um, That shouldn't be happening. And I think like you said at Chelsea, I can't see any of them leaving anytime soon. Even like look at Bethany England. She doesn't even play that much. And I can't even, I don't see where she would leave. Whereas I think she could go to another team in the WSL. She could come to the NWSL. That would be great. If you see this, Bethany England come to the NWSL, but and she would play. She would come in and start. But I think it just shows yeah. that the culture at Chelsea and the investment, players are willing to almost risk playing time over it because they know that it's not going to be better 
anywhere else at this point in time in the women's game, probably. And then for you, what do you think Chelsea needs to do to be able to win it in the next, even next year or like in two years? What's that next gear for them? Or do you think they need to bring someone else in for like a certain position? Yeah, I think we need to solidify our defense a little bit with Marin Mielder's injury. She she was a player built for this final and built yeah. for this occasion. And it sucked that she missed out. Um, I think great learning curve for our young fullbacks and of course our entire team as well. So I think one aspect of leveling up for Chelsea was this final, was the fact that we've experienced this 90 minutes of pain and we're going to really be, be better and stronger for it. So that, of course, is one aspect. I think Anique Nowen, a Dutch 22-year-old, has already signed with Chelsea. Um, she's a centre-back. So, of course, we are, you know, Emma Hayes has found that flaw in our team, which is that we don't have too much depth at the back. And, and she's going to be bringing players in. I'm sure our, our transfer window will be. Although we don't have too many players leaving, it's going to be as eventful as a, a lot of other clubs are going to have a transfer window. So, yeah, look, I think uh, the question of consistency is, is the one that this club will be looking for because, you know, we have to be consistent. And even though we've achieved whatever we wanted to in this season, we need to keep growing and keep developing. And Emma Hayes needs to find new ways, fresh ways, and better tactics to help the players grow, even within the squad and, of course, in relation to the other teams that are growing. So I think for Chelsea, they, they have everything they need to, to win the Champions League final as long as they continue growing for the next 12 months. And then I think we'll be okay. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think Emma Hayes definitely, I mean, I don't know if there's a better women's coach out there right now. I think just what she's been able to do at Chelsea has been fantastic. And I think she'll definitely learn from this and find different tactics. And if they ever play Barcelona again, I'm sure it will not be for nothing because I'm sure she'll be able to come up with a game plan that is going to better suit their pressure and things like that. So I do think they have a chance uh, of making it to the finals again next year and probably even winning it um but yeah I mean I guess obviously that's a long way out and we will see but like you said I don't think they're gonna lose too many players if any I mean maybe some but not anyone like major and then I agree I think she is gonna be bringing in some players for sure you guys might be getting um Lauren James that would be pretty big for you guys too but we'll yeah. see if that rumor is <laughs> True. I don't know. Did you see like the mishap on the website? Yep. Yeah. I'm like, that. yeah, I don't know if they got confused with her brother or what, but yeah, I think that would be huge for them too. I mean, obviously it'd be hard for her to even get into the starting lineup, yep. but I think it's the same type of sub that like Bethany England brings someone that can get in there and play hard and score when they need to. So um, who was going back to the Champions League final for you? Who was your player of the game? Lika Martins, uh, oh, no yeah. doubt about it. That was mine too. Yeah. She, was, she was involved in all four goals and not just, you know, the final touch. She created, she created those goals with pure skill, a 1v1 um, skill to, to pull it off four times out of four was incredible. I think Neve Charles, the fullback was always chasing uh, Lika Martins right from the 22nd mark to, you know, the 19 minute mark. So I think Lika Martins is one of these, those players who's built for these big occasions as well. She's, she's won a Euros. She's, of course, been in the Champions League final before. She's been in a World Cup final before. And now this Champions League final as well. It, it has to be her. Yeah, I agree. And I know she wasn't the one that, like, they gave it to. But for me, yeah. I was, like, surprised that she didn't get it because I just thought – I wish she would have scored because I felt like she deserved – a goal but like you said she literally created all she had a part in all four goals 
And I think the first one, like you said, I mean, it wasn't like it was just some off on goal. I mean, she literally just flew down the side, cut in the middle, obviously off the bar, but it caused a lot of chaos. And then yeah. the third and fourth goal, I mean, she just went straight down the end line and was able to get the ball back. So for me, yeah, she was definitely player of the game. And I think even I, she is popular, but I think she's still even underrated almost because she is at Barcelona. But I think, I mean, everyone obviously knows her from the Netherlands and like you said, winning the Euros and was in World Cup final. But yeah, she's definitely a world-class player. And that's why, like I said, I feel like Charles shouldn't even be like whatever because yeah, she's going to do that to every single defender. And it was just unfortunate that it happened over and over and over mm-hmm. again. But like you said, I think she's definitely built for the occasion. And I agree that Chelsea will learn from this and probably bounce back. Speaking of bouncing back, who would be, obviously, this is a way early prediction because there's so many transfers that are going to happen over the summer. But if you had to pick two teams to be in the finals, for next year, who would you pick? Obviously, super early. <laughs> oh, yeah, that, that's a tough one, especially because I looked at the top eight from this year and I said, any one of those teams can win it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you know, next season we've got um, obviously a new format, which makes it more competitive and a 16-member group stage. I'm going to, of course, go ahead and back my team to say Chelsea will be one of those teams in the final. But um, that will be the only English representation there. I, I do think um, one of the German teams, I think Wolfsburg has a, a great chance of making it to the final just because they've, they've had, um, you know, they've found out their flaws in this season as well. You know, they're, they're second place on the German table right now and, of course, went out in the quarterfinals. So they're going to be stacking up players. We, we've seen Jules Road already move there. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, definitely. I think Wolfsburg, if I had to put my money on it, maybe them. Okay, cool. We'll come back in a year and see if your predictions are right. I agree, though, that I don't see Man City or Arsenal, unless Arsenal brings in, if they lose Vanadonk, they better be bringing in some weapons if you're already losing Joe Roard. I mean, they didn't even do that well. They barely qualified this year with Mm -hmm. those players. So I think, I don't know, maybe they'll prove me wrong. But yeah, I can't see them. And I think, I don't think Man City has it either. I don't know who they're going to bring in, but I think losing Mewis doesn't help them. Losing Lavelle, she didn't really play, so I thought it was smart for Lavelle to come back to America. I was yeah. shocked that Mewis came back, but I am from Raleigh and I'm a Courage fan, so I'm all I'm here for it <laughs> that she's coming back to the Courage. But I think that's a loss for City. Obviously, they still have good players, but I would say I'm going to put I'm going to regret my choices. PSG in the final. I feel like. I don't know. They, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously they lost to Barcelona and Barcelona deserves to win the whole thing this year, but I feel like PSG has the pieces if they can yeah. just figure out a few things. I'm going to say PSG, and I'm also going to put Chelsea back in the final because I just think they're going to be fired up, and I think you can just tell already. And just the players that they have, like I think Erickson is going to be determined to get as the captain them back yep. to the finals next year for sure and obviously Emma Hayes so I think I'm going to say Chelsea versus PSG but I also think Byron does have a if it's not one of them I'll say Byron because I think I mean they had it versus Chelsea they <laughs> blew it big time in the second yeah. 
leg. I just, I don't know what they were doing on their set pieces or even fouling those, whatever, but obviously Chelsea deserved one that game, the second leg. Um, but Byron is good, but I'm going to say, yeah, Chelsea and PSG and you have Chelsea and Wolfsburg. So in a year from now, we'll see. My predictions for the NWSL so far have been awful. So I probably just jinxed both of those teams. <laughs> I had, I had Chicago in the finals of the challenge cup and obviously I don't know what they're doing. I did have Gotham though. I'm going to give myself credit. I think Gotham in the final and they (laughs) have done me a solid so far, but all right. Well, I think that is all for our talking about the Champions League final and just soccer in general, but thank you so much for joining me. Awesome. Thank you for having me.